Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Welcome to pre-market prep. Spencer Israel here. Joel is here, as always. Dennis is here, as always. We've got a lot going on today. We're going to talk about the reversal yesterday, obviously, right? Reversal from growth to value, from up to down. Uh, undoing what happened on Wednesday. We're going to talk about Rivian. We're going to talk about FedEx. Darden restaurants. We have a potential MA deal, maybe, according to the Wall Street Journal. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk, what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk, oh, options expirations today. Don't forget that. We're going to talk about that with our guest, CC Lagatore from Options AI at 8.35. Do not forget options expiration today is the last one of the year. Go ahead and smash that like button and let's get this show on the road. Good morning, Joel, and also a very happy birthday to Sin730 in the chat. Happy birthday, my friend. Joel, good morning. What's up, man? How we doing? Not the market. Not the market, Spencer. Uh, here we are on this uh, quad witch uh, Friday trading in the red by 27 and a quarter handles at 46.32. We're a little bit off the pre-market low of uh, 46.24 and a quarter, but we were just talking about holding 4,700 uh, upper right chart here. Uh, with 15 minutes, get that back to a daily. We were just talking about holding that area, and uh, now uh, we're we need to hang on to 4600. The low for the week so far is 4592. We had an 02 low uh, on uh, Wednesday, and only 30 handles away from that. Uh, uh, besides Goldman Sachs saying that crew could go to 100 in the next two years, it's down to buck 50 at seven. 70.65 uh crude uh down breaking down under seven we haven't seen that in a couple days uh gold up 1560 at 1813.80 silver having another good day up 17 and a half cents at 22.66 uh bitcoin getting hit with the rest of the market today no place to hide down a um, thousand bucks right at 47k in the futures and ethereum uh, that's down $196.50 at $38.25 and a half. Uh, let's bring in uh, Triple D here. Stop. Triple D, man, yeah. we went from bliss to, I don't want to say you going to swear it. for the first really... time on the show? Joel's it's never not, swore before. Not a swear. I, I say pass. It's I say other stuff. You say, you, say the, the, you say naughty words, Dennis. I hope well, you kids still listen to the show. It's mildly naughty. But, yes, I'll say it. The spy went from yesterday's show of bless to this morning's show of piss. I mean, do we now look? I think you got to look. Obviously, we got a spy adjustment too for you traders out there. There, it, it is X dividend today. It's mm-hmm. the board, you know, the, the days of the year where you got to adjust uh, your spy for that. So the adjusted close on spy is four sixty four eighty one to pay the dividend. That's the nice thing about futures. You don't have to adjust for the dividend. Uh, I will say major support is 460 on SPY. Yep. That's a super duper support. We're getting back down there. So, I mean, here we are in this market where you're buying rips, you're doing it backwards, you're selling dips, you're doing it backwards. It's a big dip here today. I I think, you know, the time to sell was yesterday morning. Uh, if you're looking at selling stuff this morning, you're chasing it again. I don't know where we go. Nobody knows where we go long term here. It's one of the most difficult markets to call that I've seen in a long time. All I know is I don't want to own growthy stocks, at least sure. not all growthy stocks. If you want a little bit, I guess you have a little bit. But ARC is trying to break down and make a new low on the move. 
um incredible to give all that back it had that three-day awesome rally back in early december and now here we are two weeks later giving it all back low in the move for arc 8903 joel i don't even know what to say about this market what a i tell you i mean what would make you uh, i I tell you for me is uh if we break uh 4600 uh then i mean i i don't want to say bear market right because you're going so far down right and all the moving averages and everything uh but to me i mean you take out that low from last week on a quad witch which are often turns in the market then we could have a pretty bumpy rest of uh december and start to the year so as bullish as i was you know yesterday when we were trying to you know look like we're going to close over 4700 looked like we're going to make a new all-time closing high right we had that big lead and it yeah. was just a leak all day. So I don't know. It, Again, you know, we know Apple bullish. had a big morning. We know Spy. We've talked about this on the show. Yes, Gil. I know Gil tweeted out that we don't know about Spy and the big five stocks taking up the whole market. But Gil, if you listen to the show, we talk about this every single day, how Spy has been a poor indicator for this market for the last nine months. That's why I like to look a little bit more broad. I know IWM is a small cast, mm-hmm. but it gives you a better feel of what is happening overall, where SPY has obviously been held up by Apple. Amazon is held up quite well, but Microsoft and Apple, the two big guns, have really held up. They started to crater again yesterday. Microsoft trying to break down and make new lows on the move as well. I still own Apple and Microsoft in the long-term portfolio. I'm not bailing on them, but I'll tell you, if they were on for short-term trades, I would be very concerned. Yeah, big odd. It's had two big red candles in that. It's had a just a major run from uh, just under 150 to 180. That's pretty uncharacteristic for Apple. And the valuation, um, ex, you know, like you're looking at the multiple expansion here on the, you know, if not the, I think it's the biggest company, Microsoft or Apple. They're always shady. Apple's back the, up there. Is Apple they, leading again? Yeah, they flip. They flip. I mean, they're not cheap relative to themselves. Apple and Microsoft are not cheap. I mean, relative to some of these, you know, growthy, you know, 100 times earning stocks. Yeah, sure. It's cheap, but not relative to themselves. I mean, Apple three years ago was trading PE of like 15, 16. And now we're, we're kicking over 30. So a lot of this move hasn't really been that the company has grown so much. Mm -hmm. It's simply been multiple expansion. So money hiding in all these stocks, that money coming out here this morning. Again, I still think you're selling rips. I'm still not that confident to go and add a whole pile of stocks to my long-term portfolio and say, yes, Santa's coming to town and we're all going to be okay. There's just too many unknowns. You got to keep some cash. You don't want to be, definitely don't want to be on margin here, long-term invested. And I think you need some cash in case this continues to get ugly. Joel, remind me, on Wednesday, didn't Gene say he specifically does not see multiple expansion? He, like, if these stocks are going to rise, it's going to be be due to the, the fundamentals and the earnings, not the multiple expansion. Is that I'm pretty sure he said that? Well, how far can it expand? I mean, I think that's that's you know, you know, pretty obvious because I mean, you're you're trading what? What is the P on Apple right now? It's over thirty, isn't it? I, don't know. I mean, yeah, how far? You're not going to fifty. I mean, unless the market just gets yeah, absolutely crazy. crazy, I don't think you're going to fifty on it. So I don't think you can. I think the company has to grow. Gene has the bull case, and his bull case is not built on multiple expansion. His bull case is built on that they're going to be a big part of Meta. They're going to or they're going to be a big part of the metaverse. They're going to be a big part, maybe you know, even in the automotive. We don't know that yet, but autonomous for sure. 
um, they're going to be tied up into all this stuff. And that's where, you know, the, the next phase of growth is for Apple. At least that's what, you know, I heard him say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he actually said a couple years ago that um, I don't know if it was for 20 for 20 or 21, but he thought, you know, that the uh, the multiple was low. And he thought that it was going to get him, you know, a little bit more of a generous multiple. Now, now it has, and now, you know, they added the increase in price, and now, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to prove it on the bottom line. But uh, the whole market is, uh, you know, is overextended. We got super overextended yesterday, and today's the day of reckoning. It's just going to be. I mean, I've never seen a hundred handle. Like forty six hundred, I've never seen it just rip. And we can look at the spy or the S and P. I mean, it just it, there's just nothing in there, and that that's just a you know that's just a huge range. And now now we're pressing down on the bottom of it. I think you just you got to be really concerned if uh if we if we take come down to this forty six hundred and hold, then it'll just be the same old story. We pop back up, but man, under forty six hundred here and. uh I think we're going to have one of those uh, pretty bad down days, but support the, is support until it's taken out. And sure. uh, right now we're 28 handles away. The market likes to punish the maximum amount of participants. So when you're looking at that, you're thinking, okay, a lot of people probably position short into the fed meeting to say, okay, we think yeah. he's going to pull the punch bowl away. He's not, he's going to be hawkish and you want to squeeze all those. So what you saw was a mini short squeeze from everybody that was positioned short just to screw all those people kiss a new high after hours on the futures which we did just to make sure we screw you because nobody likes to be you know you know uh, short anything making new highs especially the market so and then um you know what do they do they pull the you know i know gill says the undercut and rally but you know the opposite would be and i don't know what the opposite's called <laughs> the new high Over and the rug pull. Punch. the new high and the rug pull so i mean the breakout fit and we thought we were going to break out spy yesterday morning. If you're thinking that, they pulled the rug out from under it again. This market just punishes the chasers. Punishes. I mean, 2021 is the year. If you are chasing moves, you are losing money. And 2020 was the year that chasing paid. 2021 was the, the year that chasing did not pay. Awesome. And if you're awesome. chasing moves here, you are absolutely doing it backwards. It's been a fantastic contrarian year. I had a fantastic trading year, just fading moves. So again, you got to know the environment we're in. You're coming in today and you're saying, I can't take it anymore. I mean, you just sold off 100 points. So, you know, really in, in the S&P, we're just still range bound here. Yeah. So let's, you know, not call it the end of the world here until it actually, you know, starts to look like it is. But I mean, you've got to be fading these moves. And, and, and especially on the upside, nothing, selling the rip, has worked better in 2021 than buying the dip worked in 2020. The sell on the rip has been amazing. It has. It really has. Like, I know people don't like to short stocks, but I tell you, like, it seems like every time you get a good headline on something, they turn around two days later and it gave it back. I mean, Intel, too. I mean, there's so many stocks that look that same same way. Hog. You know, you think, okay, well, it's pulling out. Oh, no. We'll rally at 20%. Look at the hog chart. Look at that hog chart. Up to 44, and boom, rug pull right back down two days Slaughtered. A- absolutely they give slaughtered. give it back, man. They don't hold the gains. Um, it just, you know, aside from the Fed, aside from the quad witch, uh, there's been, you know, there's been news flow has is, is not been good uh, with the virus. Now, we, not, we don't know what the uh, eventual outcome is going to be. 
But I mean, I was looking at uh, we discussed this on the the three thirty show. Uh, Canada, you know, came out uh, and uh, said something, and then Fauci was saying things and uh, efficacy of the testing. So there's definitely, I mean, the new besides the interest rates and and the you know the worry about that, which is not not good for the market long term. I mean, you you got a real negative news flow as far as the virus goes and. Who knows how that's going to turn out? So, a lot of lot of negative factors out there for the market. There's lots, and, but and there's lots of positive speaking, factors too. So this is what go go ahead. No, I was going to say, speaking of range bound, I'm I'm surprised Dennis has has not mentioned the Russell today at all. But if you look at the IWM, I mean, look, look at that. Look at the range you've been in for the look last since February, since February. Nowhere. I mean, support huge support. You're on here again. So do we eventually crater? Do we eventually go down? It's so hard because you know what the other side is? We can give all those bear arguments. The other side is the team trade, though. I don't yeah. know where to go. I, I seriously don't sell my stocks because I don't know where to go. So I go to cash and I'm losing. So you still have the Tina trade on that there's no mm-hmm. alternative. And um, you look at this and you're at huge support on IWM. It's why I put a little bit of IWM in my long-term account. I'm like, I don't know where we go. And again. If you, if you hear somebody and they're saying this is what's going to happen tomorrow, they don't know what they're talking about because I'll tell you, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. This is one of the hardest markets to call that I've, I've ever seen. I'm not joking. It's whipsaw. It's chop. The only thing you can say is we're probably still going to have volatility and you don't want to be chasing. But to say, oh, yeah, we're going to be we're, we're going to be down a thousand points today or we're going to be turn around and go green. It's a coin flip right now. This is a really hard market to call. And RM is 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 saying, well, you know, if this pattern on the IDM continues, that would mean logically we would have to bounce from here. That's it's that bounced out of here a lot of times. I'm not going to argue with it. Right, right. It could it, again. Right, it very well could again. Yeah, it could also do what it did on the upside. Right, it got everybody in the pool when it broke out in November. Uh, like yeah. this was it. Yeah, we're going. Yep. And then I was thinking, you know, when it got, I'm like, oh boy, when it comes back down to that top of the range, and it, you know, um, and I believe that was like two thirty two, two thirty three. I was thinking, man, if this. This holds, you know, I was actually thinking about it there, like old re- you know, resistance for so long. And then it broke through it, then it didn't act as much support. I don't know how long it held up there on the dailies, but and look at the IWM. Yeah, it's been in range bound almost the whole year and now now uh, beating down on the bottom of there. But we're just there. Like, so it's, it's not panic. I'm going to say it's not panic time and it's nope. not get your boots on and we're ripping higher time here either. It's trading time. It's day trading. It's fading. That's what's moving. Don't get convicted in any direction. That's how I'm playing this market. Just whatever. You want to sell off, do some dip buying. You want to, you want to rally, I'll do some rip selling. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. It's worked all year. And I'm not going to chase it, you know, like yesterday morning, again, after a 130 point S&P rally overnight, basically, you know, basically from two o'clock to overnight and then to the next morning, you're buying those up there, uh, you're absolutely doing it backwards. And now you just drop the 100 points. So again, you're probably doing it backwards <laughs> if you're turning around and getting panicking here today. But again, you know, anything can happen. So you've always got to have stops. You've got to have awareness here. But we, to Spencer's point, we're at critical support on IWM. We're at critical support on the growthy names like ARKK. And then you have this unbelievable rotation because oh. we can talk about how ugly the market is, Tractor. but it is not ugly for value stocks. 
Berkshire Hathaway of six bucks yesterday. Yesterday, the new all time high. All time high. The separation between Warren and Kathy is nothing but astounding in the last month. So in the last month, not even in the last two weeks, Berkshire Hathaway is up ten percent. ARKK in the same time period is down 15%, 25% move. And if you're looking at those two, just opposite, they exactly, if you could put those two charts, they're exactly opposite. It's showing you how much this rotation is happening in this market. Growth to value is just keeps flying in there. Again, though, are we overdone on that side? Maybe, you know, like we, we've hit it, we've hit Kathy, you know, from 125 down to 90 in five weeks. And then the same time period, we've bought Warren all the way up from the 275 just a week and a half ago or two weeks ago up to over 300. So it's hard to just come in and say, okay, well, I want to jump in value now. It's how you're positioned. And maybe that's why I got the barbell approach, a little bit of value, a little bit of growth, mix it up. I'm mostly value. It's just the way I am. It's why my portfolio is having a better 2021 than it did 2020. But I mean, it's amazing the separation here and the rotation is awesome every single day it's huge rotation what's uh kathy's etf the new one that came out shoot i don't remember cmsl or something like that remember it's getting bit up because no liquidity yeah, that day. I, holy that was dumb it was, money it, man ctru i like to see where that's at holy macro well somebody was buying a 23 or 24 that morning 23 bucks yeah i remember that morning yeah, I remember you talking about uh, You won't yeah, see it that... on the chart, but it was like just because they were mentioning it on CNBC and the market makers weren't online yet, and it came right back in. Yeah, so trying to make new lows on the move. I mean, her, her it's just all the same stuff. I mean, and all of her funds, it's all the same stuff. So it's hard to just like come in and like, oh, yeah, you know, like you're, I'm going to buy this one over this one. It's all growthy names at ridiculous valuations. So that can turn. If we go into a bull market, she will start to outperform. Because everybody's quick to, you know, tell me how, you know, good she's done in the last three years, which is absolutely true. 2019, 2020 were big bull markets. Whenever you're that heavily and higher growth names, higher PE names, those do well in a bull market. They do really, really bad in a bear market. So and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a little bear market in her stocks. Could she turn it around? Absolutely, she could turn it around. Am I buying her stock or her ETFs? No, because it's all full of nosebleed valuations and nothing's cheap and it's not my style. My long-term portfolio is built on value because me and Joel went through 1999, 2000. We also went through 2007, 2008 when all those stocks got hammered to the tune of 80 to 90%. I'm not doing that again. Um, okay. All right. You want to get uh, – we did have some earnings here. Yeah, yeah Kind of late. We did real fast. Uh, thank you, Renee. CTRU as in see-through. Get it? Got it? Good. Okay. Moving on. Uh, let's start with FedEx here. FedEx had earnings last night. Uh, EPS was good above estimates. Sales good also above estimates. Then they raised their uh, EPS guidance for the fiscal year uh, by about a dollar from the, you know, the, around $20-ish to $21 range. Uh, that came in above the estimate. They also announced a $5 billion buyback, and they're accelerating the buyback program already in place. So earnings beat, guidance raised, buyback. You know what to do, market. Uh, value. This is a value stock. Value stocks loved right now. So, you know, if they say anything okay, they want an excuse to buy this kind of stock. So, again, FedEx, what's a trade? 12 times earnings or something? 10 times earnings? They want. They like these kind of stocks. So it's not surprising if they rip this higher. 
Yeah, it got overdone uh, just on that uh, on the headline. We almost got to two sixty there, uh, two fifty nine thirty. Now you've backed off eight bucks there, so that that has me thinking you're not going to get another look at that today. You always can. Uh, last night when we were talking about this, if I would have had this on the long side, I would have been out at uh, two fifty five, and probably would have missed out on three four bucks. But there was a triple top there. That's where we came off hard for. So I'll just do a re. I mean, that's still a ways away. Uh, but I do a reset on that. And if you know, if you if you don't think you're going to get to the pre market high, keep an eye on two fifty five. Uh, that was a triple top in the middle of November. Support coming down. These are tricky ones, but uh, right now the just very short term support is at two fifty. Uh, that's been holding up since the four a.m. open, and the top of yesterday's range is down at forty four seventy five. But not chasing uh, I- it here. I want to take it back to the chat. They're having a good conversation about Robinhood. Some people saying it's good short. Some people saying it's oversold. I'm going to say it's massively oversold. Like, I mean, to the tune of epically oversold. The stock was $40. The stock has been straight down ever since basically day two when they were just so stupid and they just ripped it up to $80. We're at $17.85 here now. This stock has been hammered hard. This stock, one of these days, I, I think it, in my opinion, is way too, way too late to short this stock. Some people are saying, <sighs> let's short this stock. I think it's way too late to be short a stock like this. There is so many people who are killing it on the short side. One of these days, it's going to rally 25% in like an hour. And people are going to be like, what just happened on Robinhood? So, I mean, it, am I coming and putting my long-term portfolio? Absolutely not. Can it go lower, longer term? Sure. You know it can. But this thing was $35 three weeks ago. It's been cut in half in three weeks. So many of these growth names are really oversold. So I know the trend is your friend. I know the trend is straight down. I'm not saying go long Robinhood here. But if you're coming in and initiating a short now, you are way, way late to the party. The time to short Robinhood was any time, basically before (laughs) now. So, I mean, it's just so oversold. I cannot, you know, say start shorting Robinhood at this point in time. I think you're way late. I think you're going to get your head ripped off one of these days. What, what, I mean, uh, they don't have earnings for a while. Uh, crypto's been, I mean, what's, it catalyst. doesn't need a catalyst, though. No, it, you don't think it, so? You have to understand something. What's the short interest, Spencer, on Hood? Oh, let's look it up. But you've got to understand, when you have, I, I've traded stocks on the short side. For 21 years, I know what I'm talking about. When you have stocks that are this, this trending down, they have violent little rallies all the time. This hasn't even had a violent rally. I know. Eventually, you're going to get a short squeeze in this thing. But I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating to go long Robin at this point in time. I'm just saying I can't initiate a short at this point in time. There's way too much risk. Because this thing will start going and then it'll just, you know, this is what happens. These things go down, 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 down. And then they spike. And then they down, down, down. I mean, what we saw with ARKK was similar. You know, down, 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 down. They're like, oh, let's sell short ARK at 90. And then it's 100 in your face. That's when you're getting those huge rips. That's the better time to initiate a short. Not when there's going down, 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 down and initiating now. Wait till this thing rallies like 10, 15, 20%. Then maybe you try it from the short side. But I'm not sitting in here. And, you know, I know the trend is your friend. I know it's still down. I'm not buying the stock. I'm not advocating to buy the stock. I want to be very, very clear. Because somebody will say, oh, it went down and you were saying to buy. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I would not short it. I think you're way too late to short it. Uh, to answer the short interest question, Dennis, I don't know. We don't have that. It 
I'm sure it's, I'm sure there's some people making some money on the short side on this and it's been an awesome short. Was it overvalued? Absolutely. Have they, have they hammered this stock to the point of like, I'm like kind of shocked at it. Kind of. It's like gotten to a point. I even have tried to play the bounce a couple of times. I've tried to play the bounce out of 20. That didn't work again. Stopped out. I've tried to bounce, play the bounce a couple of times. One of these days is going to have a wicked, wicked short squeeze though. Uh, it has a pair of lows in the same area. Actually, almost a matching range from yesterday. Uh, 1789 and 1980 was your range on uh, Wednesday, and then 1989 and 1771. But you are breaking down through that now. You're finding, oh, no, you're at 1785. So you're still holding yesterday's low. Uh, maybe just get a couple, couple more tight ranges in here. You know, maybe... Uh, like right now, I would say shorts are probably not going to worry until this thing gets back over 20. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're not going to worry that much. But do yep. you want to short something at 1790 and then it's 1990? I don't know how you control the risk at this point. Like, would you initiate a short here, Joel? Well, uh, you're late. It's not like it's breaking down. It's no, like Joel, it's just Joel going just straight it. down every yeah, day. Yeah, why not? Joel uh, just said it. $20. He just said it. Yeah, I mean, okay. If you well, want you to initiate the short at seventeen ninety, so you're gonna lose. You, you're willing to lose, you know, fifteen percent on that. I'm not. You're. I not. would Depends initiate. What time, if, if you're looking for fourteen or fifteen, I mean, no, I'm not shorting it down here. I'm just saying. I think you're over. I think you're oversold. I don't short things that are oversold. I short is things there, that. Is you there? Know, um, what do people use for that? For, uh, I um. People saying let's move on. I think everybody cares about these stocks. Though. Some people say nobody cares about HUD. I think there's a lot of people that care about well, all of these stocks. A lot stocks. of people are long. I, actually, yeah. if you look at the the volume on HUD, it's actually been going up. The trading volume. They're 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 panicking. You're getting to a point where eventually going to have capitulation. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an yeah. eye on it. I'm looking more like a capitulatory event where you actually you know turn around and, and you actually buy this thing. So what I, was we're way I, below I, the I'm not IPO. bearish. All these growth names are all the same story. It's hard to just come in here and say, let's short all this stuff now. Where were you three weeks ago or a month ago or two months ago? And when they were all over, when they were, the valuations were all ridiculous, you know? Like, I've been bearish Zoom for how long on this show? Since $500. I was bearish earlier. I was bearish at 300 <laughs> went to 500 so I was dead wrong. Eventually came back in. But I mean, like, Teladoc. Let's look at Teladoc. This is given back. Spencer, this is incredible. This is given back its entire, the entire thing from the pandemic. It's trading lower than it was before COVID started. I'm not joking. Go back. Look, it's at 2019 levels. It has actually trading lower than it was before COVID started. We're still in a pandemic. And this has got nothing now. It's given it all back. This is massively oversold too. Massively oversold. And yes, they don't make money. And yes, maybe they're going down and maybe some of these companies are going to zero. I don't know. But I'll tell you, these things are epically oversold. So there is one day going to be a day of reckoning because it's been too easy on the short side on all these things. I want I, I want to cover the other earnings real fast, and then because we're going to have CC on in like seven minutes here. So I, I want to go to Rivian. Um, uh, their first report since going public, and actually you don't you don't often see an earnings report happen uh, so close after uh, a stock goes public, but here we are with Rivian. Um, so what they said, they said, uh, they're probably not going to, uh, make as many cars this year as they thought they would because of, uh, the, the, the chip shortage and supply chain problems and all that. They produced 752, sorry, 652 R1, uh, vehicles through the middle of this month. And they delivered 
uh, about half of them. They are expanding their annual production capacity. They are now they announced a second plant in Georgia. Georgia. That's, that's the big news here is the second Georgia, uh, plant in Georgia. Their other one is obviously in in Illinois. So um, obviously they're you know in hyper growth mode. They're, this is not a a case. Yes, the, they lost money. That's to be expected. Not a surprise there. Um, but the, the second Georgia plant is probably the big news of the day. Um, to go with the fact that uh, they announced their uh, annual production capacity expansion to around 200 uh, vehicles a year at the Illinois plant alone. So the uh, construction on that plant in Georgia expected to begin next summer. Uh, annual production capacity at that plant should be around 400,000 cars once they get there. Why I don't know why the stock has held up as well as it has. So you know the stock was holding one twenty, one twenty. They're hammering every high valuation name, and they would not hit this name. So eventually, it just craters. I think you got to look at the low, all time low, ninety five twenty. That's mm-hmm. the level it's got to hold. That's your only level that's important. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did get to uh, ninety six, just under ninety six in the pre market. So we got a little bit of a bounce. But Jack, you're right. Nine, 90, uh, 20 low of the move, uh, just under ninety six in the pre market. So people still like it in that area. Once you take that out, that undercut the IPL. We know what happens when uh, when that when that uh, when that takes place. We have. Uh, what hood was the same i mean you know uh maybe we'll get eric on again next month and have him talk about this one but... it's, a, it's a ways from there i don't know if it's gonna take it out today we'll see no we'll see I, i'm i'm not again you can tell i'm not bearish a lot of these growth names right now just because i don't know about this one but you know the problem is like never really sold off so it's, it's, I, i'm just taking a pass i don't know 100 100 bucks i don't know right that's that's a psychological level. Oh yeah, for sure. You have two bottoms there too, so you're still yeah. kind of hanging out there. So yeah. let's see what it does. Let's see what it does. Ninety-five to hundred. Can it hold? Yeah. All right. Guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> that's how everyone is to you. Uh, all right. Darden Restaurant. Now you got to play this market right now. Yeah. Safety. Darden Restaurants had earnings this morning, and it seemed like it was pretty good. Their earnings per share for last quarter came in above estimates. Their sales came in above estimates, and they raised their sales guidance for the fiscal year uh, by a smidge. There, they're looking at the. Uh, uh, mid to high $90 billion range, which basically came in a, a, in line with estimates there. They also said that they, uh, when you factor in, um, you know, their increases, uh, uh, the raises that they've given to their employees um, and, and tips, they said that they expect that their, uh, their wait staff at their restaurants will be earning approximately $20 per hour on average. I'm going to go ahead and call BS on that. Obviously, is in Darden Restaurant's best interest to tell the public, look how much we're paying our employees. But in reality, it's probably not that high. That's just I, I think it is going to be that high. Um, yeah. I think we have wage inflation across everywhere. I do not want to own any restaurant stock at all. I tweeted last night about Darden Restaurants having their margin squeezed. I don't know if that's the reason it's down, but you know, I expected that they would be pressure. Is, yes, it is basically is the reason it's down. Yeah. So, and I tweeted that last night, 12 hours ago, to look at my Twitter account that I didn't want to own Darden Restaurants for that reason. I don't want to own any restaurant stock. They are getting hit on both sides. They're getting hit from from product, from their, their inputs, you know, their food inflation, and they're getting hit from labor inflation as well. They're getting margin squeezed. And then to throw it all out, we're going into another, you know, Omicron pandemic type style deal right now. Restaurants, the absolutely worst place to be, in my opinion. I want to own zero restaurants. It's maybe a McDonald's drive-thru and stuff's okay, but sit down, 
casual dining. No, thank you. What and what about what uh, Chipotle just did, right? Where they they opened a bait, what is basically uh, a pickup and takeout location. There's no dining at all. It's just a uh, come pick up your food and and, and get out of here, right? I mean that 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 that's also sort of a, an argument against sit down casual restaurants like Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, et cetera, et cetera, which is what Darden owns. So, um, yeah, Darden was the one that spooked me originally, like a month or two ago. They were the ones that said, I think it was Darden that said, we're having massive problems um, hiring. And I was like, all right, I'm out of Starbucks because of that. Um, so, yeah, the, Darden's spooky here. Spooky here. Uh, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I don't know. I'm just scared of all this stuff. Sorry. That's okay. I mean, you have, you have, uh, one, you're trading down 533. One daily low in this area of 4119. Doesn't look like it's going to hold, but look at these four lows in the same area here. If you want to try along and you, you want to wait or you've got a potential, you know, a short on this 137 area, that's what it's all about in Darden. Uh, five bucks away. Will we see it today? I don't know. Longer term, though, you get four lows in this area, you break through 137. I'm not even going to pay attention to these other monthlies. So that's a key level. Uh, if somehow you do get a rally in this thing and you want to you know, try and squeak out uh, the top of yesterday's range or the bottom of yesterday yesterday's range, 145.60 potential resistance if we go into rally mode. Sure doesn't feel bad day to report too, right? Down market, you know. Not a good day to report, but Not it's the kind day. of stock like it's just a, a it's, this market is just trading so logical sometimes too. I mean, you know, we had so much, you know, just crazy stuff going on in 2020, and now it's like it's reconnecting with all logic. You know, like value stocks that were all oversold are coming back up. All these high growth names that should have never been there in the first place are coming down, and then it's just simplicity. It's like, okay, let's think about this: restaurants, pandemic. Food costs going up, labor costs going up. Do I want to own that? No, sell it. I mean, that's just simple trading, logic. Trading on logic. Wow, market's logical. Right uh, real fast for those who care and for those who own like the TUR ETF, Turkey's stock market just got halted on a downside circuit breaker. So Turkey's like imploding right now. Uh, that, what a Turkish lira or something going yeah, on? Yeah, TUR is the ETF. Tur. Um, yeah, the, everything just got halted on on the on the circuit breaker there. So Turkey's put it put a D on the end of it. Exactly, Joel. Exactly. All right. <laughs> let's, let's bring on CC Lagator, the co-founder of Options AI. Today is a quad witch day, which means extra volatility. How do you trade that? Let's get CC's thoughts. CC, good morning. How are we doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? We are doing fantastic. Um, I know you've been here in the background listening for a few minutes. Do you have any uh any thoughts on 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 that prior conversation? Well, so no, I loved um you know what you what you all were talking about at the beginning of the show with just all of these ranges that we're we're looking at in these levels and support levels and you know i i've been staring at that iwm for like a month and a half and yeah. it is right there right yeah. yeah and i love what uh joel i think it was joel mentioned when on that upside when it broke that range and like getting everybody into the pool just to like whip them back around <laughs> And so, no, like that immediately, I thought about that. Like if we saw that today, you might see a very similar situation. Um, yeah, everyone really. and their mother was waiting for that breakout and then it happened and then, oh, no, never mind. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it's really wild. And so, and, and also, you know, along those same lines that 
you know, that range that's gone back in IWM almost a year, you know, the SPY is doing that little bit of a range. You all were talking about like that, you know, 460, four, you know, or 450, 470. And, you know, same thing with an extra zero in the SPX. But, um, you know, that's, if you look out like what options are pricing into year end, they're basically pricing that range. And, huh. you know, the expected move is, is 450, the, you know, on the downside and 470 on the upside. So it, it really is, it's like, um, you know, it is kind of logical, like Dennis has been saying. So I mentioned, obviously, Quad of Witch today, Options yeah. Expiration. What does that mean for you? How are you tackling today? Well, for options traders, it's sort of, um, you know, this is something that they're used to, right? It's it's every Friday is an expiration, right? All right. What gets piled on on a triple or quad witching is, you know, all of these other derivatives expire. And then on top of that, you have, you know, rebalancing of the indices. And I think it depends on like what type of trader you are and what you're trading, like what you should care about on a day like today. So from, <clears throat> you know, just from a, a basic starting point, it just means more volume, right? It means a really big volume opened and then it means a really big volume close. And that tends to mean some pretty weird moves, particularly in the indices. And then of course that goes downstream to the individual names in those indices. So you might see some weirdness on like that opening print, right? And then that last, you know, sort of that last hour into expiration, you know, in the afternoon for the close, you also see some weird moves. And then I would say also, if you're an options trader, in particular, if you have options positions you're taking into expiration, you have to be very careful on a day like today because you might see after hours moves, right? So something you thought finished out of the money, let's say like a, a credit trade or something like that. If it was close, like you're, you know, we've, I think on the show before we've talked about pin risk and things like that. Like it's almost like your pin risk ex expands on a day like today because you've got all that kind of, um, you know, something where if you were like 10 cents within a strike, you'd be worried about pin. You might have to expand that aperture to, you know, 25 or 50 cents because <clears throat> it might trade there after hours and you might be um, assigned on something, for instance, that you didn't think you'd be assigned on. Yeah. See, so see, this is a great point you're making. And yeah. obviously a lot of people don't realize that those options don't expire right at four o'clock. Mm -mm. I know at interactive brokers, you can exercise until four 30. Yep. So if you're along, like, you know, the 50 calls and the stock, you know, closes at 49 and a half, but trades up to 51 after hours, right. You know, in all likelihood, those calls are now in the money from you. So the yeah. person who wrote you those calls, is going to be like, Oh, I'm good. Well, yeah. no, because they're going to short the stock at 51 exercise a call, make a buck. Yeah. And you're just like, what happened? I got exercise on 50, close at 49 and a half. And it's like, ah, ah, ah they don't expire right at four o'clock. Exactly. So. And and so <clears throat> for the people at home to sort of picture how that's working on the institutional side, what you described is the stock finishes 49 and a half. All the retail traders go home. They probably, most of them probably don't even know they can, um, you know, do a, do an exercise on that out of the money call or that they should. 90% wouldn't know that. Yeah, totally. And then what's happening on the institutional side is the stock is now a dollar above that strike. They're selling the stock <clears throat> and exercising those calls, yeah. right? And they're making that dollar and they're locking it in after hours. And so if you watch the, um, you know, the SPY, the IWM, the Q options, you know, they're trading for 15 minutes after the bell and they keep 
a premium on that straddle for the 15 minutes. And in fact, I think they even kind of close at 415 with a little bit of premium left on them because there's just so much uncertainty going on yeah, after hours. Sure. And uh, I mean, it's pretty wild. And I've always said this about like, if you, now we're getting sort of into the weeds, but if, they you, like that, are, if you are an aspiring options trader and you want to understand options, take like spy or whatever, even like Apple or something like that in the last hour or the last half hour of an expiration and watch the at the money straddle. And it's, it particularly if a stock is like bouncing higher above it and below it. And when I was, uh, you know, first learning as a market, you know, when I was training to be a market maker, that was one of those light bulb moments in options where you really understand that intrinsic extrinsic value. And in that last hour or half an hour, you see basically an entire expiration play out in like 10 minutes. And what that will look like is, you know, the stock will go above the strike and you have the call plus it's an extrinsic premium. And that's reflected in the put, right? And then it goes back below and it, they switch off. And now it's the call that's totally extrinsic premium. And then the put, which is the intrinsic, how much it's below that strike plus it's extrinsic, which is the same as the call. And so it's really fascinating. You really understand, you get like a, a sort of an, an intuitive feel as to like that, you know, expansion and contraction of those straddles and that premium. I would highly recommend it if somebody's got, if somebody's bored with no positions, watch the last 15 minutes of today, like in like a spy option. Be wild. Yeah. So from what you're seeing in the, uh, in the option markets, uh, we're still looking at a little range bound then for the end of the year, because, you know, over, I mean, observing the, the quad witches over the years, they, they have been turning points in the market a lot of times either. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, turning point so you're you're looking you're looking for more range bound you don't you don't look well, at like if we had a bad day today and took out support you think it's just going to be, be more of a seesaw market from what well, you're funny, you, i love the analogy of like getting everybody in the pool which is you know also like sort of the max gain and or max pain i'm sorry yep so that 470 line in spy 4700 and then that 4600 in spx those are the biggest <clears throat> um, open interest, right? And, you know, it's impossible to know exactly what's out there, what's retail, what's institutional and all. But what generally what that looks like is that a lot of people bought, um, you know, 40, 460 puts, right, on that last sell-off. And that, that was when you saw that, you know, the VIX spike up to over 30. And that almost, the way that works is... Everybody rushed out to buy puts, volatility spiked. And once the market found some footing in reverse, it almost acted like a, or it can act like a catapult. Because what happens is all of those deltas that the market makers are short for selling those puts suddenly collapse as vol collapses, if that makes sense, right? And it's sort of like the opposite of a, short gamma squeeze that we've talked about, like where it's ripping through strikes, it can almost act like a catapult if it does find support, technical support, right? Now, the flip side of that is if you have a breakdown through those types of levels, it can get ugly really quick, right? Because that's, that's the market makers having to, you know, the VIX is back, what, 22 or something like that. They're probably under hedged those lines coming into this morning, right? 
And so they would have to, if it powered through those kinds of levels, you know, they would have to pile on selling stock. So yeah, it's a tough call, but it's, um, you know, and then you've got the holidays coming up, you know, everybody's waiting around for this Santa Claus rally, right? Is it coming? Is it coming? Is it coming? Yeah, nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> nobody yeah. knows. There it yeah. is. CC says nobody knows either. But <laughs> CC does know these expected moves. And I mean, I'm a big fan of the expected move as well. Like, yeah. what are we looking at towards the end of the year? Are we well, still? Let's look. Yeah, let's let's yeah. look. Let me. Um, I always forget when I come on here how to share screen. Um, there where it says share screen. Right. There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right. Um, I can't right, can you guys see me? Stuff out either. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Okay. So this is what I was sort of mentioning. This is, you know, an expected move chart on options AI. And, um, you know, as you can see, like out here, if we come out here to uh, the end of the year, like 1231. Wow, this has really slowed my computer down. Um, right. We see it. It's good. Yeah. So basically, like you can see, can you all read that? Like the sort yeah. of 473 uh -huh. and 451. I mean, it is lining up almost perfectly, right? And what that means from, you know, sort of a, a trading standpoint is, and we've got this uh, to do a little product plug. I don't know if I've shown this to you all. We've got this cool new um, version of chart trading where you can sort of set support resistance levels and, um, and, and, and ranges and everything like that. So basically this is, you know, you can set a support resistance level, you can set a range and you can turn these into options trades, right? And oh. so if you're looking at that SPY range, you know, you come back to like, you get out here near the end of the year, you know, that's a, that's a condor opportunity, for instance, if you're gonna be neutral and you're gonna be playing that range and you can see how it just spins up this condor and you're basically, you know, this is pre-market pricing, but you, you know, you'd probably be risking about 45 to make, or you'd be risking 55 to make 45 on a trade like this. And the way this works is, you know, this is a condor and it's basically saying spy at the end of the year is going to hold that range, right? It's going to hold that for roughly 450 to 470 range. And this is that type of multi-leg options trade that can take advantage of that. And basically you are at max gain on this trade anytime if, if the SPY were to stay within that range. Now, if it were to break, you know, that support down near 450, or if it were to break out above that 472 range that we have here, um, you know, you're risking $50, let's say, if that happens. So it's like, this is the, those types of like high probability bets you can do in options, in multi-leg options. Now, the flip side of that is, you know, you could just, play that support level too in the SPY. And you can say, you know, I don't think this is switch to support resistance, you know, and set this sort of level. Um, but that's, you know, that's the kind of like, based on the discussion we've been having today, those are the kind of things that you can do in options. You can trade them really technically. And, you know, you can particularly credit trades, like what I'm showing, you know, you can really have a high probability trade where you have defined risk. And if the stock were to break down below that support, you know, you know exactly what you're risking. Nice. Yeah. All right. CC Lagator, and you can see his site right there is Options AI. The link is in the description. Check it out, CC. Uh, happy holidays, man. Yeah. Um, Christmas. Happy New Year. All that. Happy Options Exploration. Happy Quad Witch. <laughs> we'll talk to you again next year. Have a good one. Excellent. Good to see you guys. Right. Thanks, Bye. CC.
Good to see C as always. And, and by the way, uh, that chart, the reason I love that chart and bring it to Cian is because that ch- I'm a very like visual person and that, that visual um, displaying of the info of the options chain is, it works better in my head than like an options chain does. So I, I like how they've displayed the information. Uh, all right. We got 10 minutes left in the show. Drop your tickers in the chat. We'll take a look at a few of them here. Reminder that we do. And CC also mentioned this. Uh, we do have the NASDAQ 100 rebalance happening at the What's going on? So, so I dropped the links. I'm um, sorry. I dropped the tickers into the chat uh, of the tickers being added and removed. Uh, Airbnb is being added. Uh, so this will all be added like basically at the close today. So there's going to be a lot of volume at the close in these names. Airbnb, right? Fortinet, Palo Alto Networks, Lucid, Zscaler, and Datadog. Those are your six that are going in. And then um, CDW, Fox, uh, Cerner, which actually had some news. It's so interesting. Let's right. go to Cerner in a second. Okay, Checkpoint. Wow. Checkpoint getting taken out. CHKP, Trip.com, TCOM is out. Insight, in the INCY, they're out. Uh, so there will be volume there in, into the close. So Cerner, CERN, uh, this is actually moving because not of the NASDAQ rebalance, but a report out of the WSJ that Oracle would be is in talks to buy Cerner. Uh, what was the price? 30, 30 bill? 30 bill, as and, much and, as 30 billion. Yeah, 30 bill is what Just rumors. Say. Yeah, just rumors right now, no confirmation, no nothing like that. And I think that represents um, what? Like, uh, I think the close yesterday was a 23 bill, somewhere around there. So they yeah. represent a nice little premium here. So interesting because Christian Fromhertz pointing out as well last night that, yeah, this is in the rebalance. So how many people, because it was getting taken out, you know, how many you know, herbs are so, sitting there short CRN <laughs> in, into it? There could be a few. I mean, I don't play it ahead of it like that, but some people do. So thinking that the ads are going to go up and the deletes are going to go down, it's the old school textbook way to play it. But again, you know, it doesn't always work that way. In this case, ooh, ouch, if you're a short CRN. So, wow. I, is that a match made in heaven, Oracle and Cerner? I mean, I don't know. I just... I don't know anything about it either. Yeah. I, me neither. <laughs> Oracle getting hit, though. Okay, so here, Oracle's down six bucks on the rumor that they might buy Cerner. I mean, you're getting into a gap here. Here's a company gapped up on the report. I tend to think that they might actually, I don't know. I I don't think it's like a PayPal situation where they're going to continue to hammer it. This is a value stock. I own Oracle too in the long-term portfolio. But um, actually, I don't, I I was trying to figure out if I sold it or not. I never looked. I might have sold Oracle this year. I said that the other day because I had Oracle in there forever. But it was in my RRSP, so I don't have tax consequences. I'm not sure if I did sell my Oracle. But anyway, so I don't know if I'm <laughs> actually I have to go look at my long term portfolio to see if it's still in there. But uh, I don't know how to pull back here on Oracle. Uh, it's probably because it's in a gap area. There's nothing in here. This is no way. I, I this is. I buy it at ninety. Yeah. Yep. But I didn't, I, go, I didn't go on that far. I think I tend to think that people will buy this dip on Oracle. Uh, I don't know. This is just this is no man's land. And it I depends mean, if they actually go through with it or not. If they come on, they say the rumor is bogus. It goes right back up. They come out and say, "Oh no, we're going to buy it." And then you know, it doesn't go back down. up as much though. Never they, does. They, no, they, they never pound does. it. Uh, you just you're leaning on the pre market low right here. Nothing down there to ninety. If if they do call the deal off and or you know or it doesn't come out, usually these things you know come out pretty quickly after they're rumored. One hundred two twenty eight. That seems a long ways away. That's the bottom of the range from yesterday, and the bottom of the gap. That might you might see that. Uh, the low uh, since the earnings has been ninety nine thirty nine. So 
uh, another potential resistance point there. In uh, Oracle. Novavax just got a pop because the WHO just listed their vaccine for emergency or approved it for emergency use, I guess. So NVAX popping off that FYI. I cannot oh. believe this stock is where it is. Like they can't even, they did everything wrong. You know, like it took so long to get their vaccine out. And it's like, it's it's like trading the same as Moderna, really. I mean, it's up as it's up maybe even more than that. If you look at where they are relative to when COVID started. I mean, Novavax was a $6 stock, 194 Moderna was a $18 stock, 282 I don't know. I, I, I'm just absolutely shocked that Novavax was given this much um, premium when they couldn't get the vaccine even out in time. I mean, we're so late to the party here. You know, now they come out with a vaccine that they're going to be approved. Is it even any good against the variant that's going around? So, so late. Took so long. So slow. Absolutely don't like this company, but just for because it was so slow on all of this. But, you know, it's popping on the news, obvious. Someone's walking it up right now. Uh, well, it's breaking it, news. So yep. that's what happens. So yep. They start it walking. It's out price this, discovery. Well, well, it took out 203.60. Uh, that was a high here. If... Um, if you're waiting for more, just two potential levels, uh, 212 on uh, November 30th high. And then if they really want to jack this thing up, 229. There's potential resistance points here. If, uh, you know, if you just got the, the calls or something, you took a stab on the 200 calls, um, potential areas of resistance. It'll be a 212 here momentarily. We just take 208. D Hall in the chat brought up Carvana. Did, have you guys seen Carvana in the, like this week? What has gotten into the like? I understand they're that. Hammering it, man. Yeah, they're hammering it. They're ha- it's below two hundred. Nosebleed. They hate the nosebleed stocks right now. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody was getting hammered in this last night too. Like there was somebody that was just selling multiple growth names, and you could tell it was the same person because. The way the orders were, it was one 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 on on the exchanges, so you could tell just from looking at the montage that okay, well, it's the same person selling all these stocks, same institution. I don't know if they were getting blown out or if they just couldn't take it anymore, but they were selling Carvana, they were selling Workday, they were selling Airbnb, they were in selling Mastercard, they were selling Snap, they just couldn't take it anymore. And I don't know, like sometimes you think it's almost could be like a margin call situation, but holy mackerel, this has been hammered too. Again, way oversold. But again, nosebleed levels. Is Carvana a cheap stock? What's it trading, Spencer? No, like no, the answer is no. No, it's not. not nothing is. None of these stocks. And the cheap, answer these, is no. These stocks that aren't cheap are just the ones that are getting punished the most. Yeah, and you know they're probably. You know what? Actually, this is probably not that dissimilar to what Zillow was going through with the iBond. I was just thinking that, Spence. Yeah. Okay. We're on, the same, we're on the same page there. All right. Yeah, because they're they're overpaying for cars. Right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. How the monthly? Maybe the business is still doing well, but the stock just probably should never have been where it was. You know, you're in a situation where we're 1999. You're going to look back at some of these companies are going to do very well. Companies themselves are going to do well, and it's going to take years for the stocks to get back to you know where they were probably in a lot of these cases. Uh, Avis budget's coming down to earth too a little bit, huh? Well, another every retail stock, every retail loved stock, just coming back and getting hammered. I mean, it has been. If they were talking oh. about it in your Twitter nonstop, those are the stocks that are hitting the hardest. All right, so they're saying we should look at Room Two VRM while we're at it. I mean, yeah, the charts look the same. Although room, oh, I haven't looked at that one in a while. Room ten yeah. bucks, <laughs> seventy. 
to 10. Ouchie! You think it's going back to 70 anytime soon? Unless we get into this raging bull market again, where they start just, you know, buying stuff hand over fist. And that's why I keep saying, crypto's got to be next, man. Like, I mean, we've hammered the growth stocks so much that, you know, I know we got Pomp up there saying Bitcoin's your perfect inflation hedge. It is totally correlated with risk assets, and it's been coming down because of risk assets. But there is so much money hiding in crypto here. I just feel like they're hammering all the, you know, the growthy names, the high PE names. Well, all these cryptos don't even have cash flows or anything. It's just nothingness. So I think all of these doggy coin and all these other coins, the only one I like is Ethereum. It's the only one I'm still holding. Um, I, I think I actually still do have a small, small piece of Bitcoin in my one retirement account, but wow. um, it's very small now. It's mostly Ethereum. I'm holding Ethereum because Good I job. think there's utility there. Please hold, man. Please stay. With Please me. hold what? Ethereum. Stay with me. Here. I'm trying to stay with the Ethereum. I sold a piece. I sold a piece. All right. Okay. I, but I, I, I'm trying to hold it. Let, let's do one. I want to sell it all. All <laughs> these growthy names. Stay with me here, man. Uh, let's do a couple more. Let's do a look at American Airlines for ambient and stuff in chat. All the stuff's getting hammered because yeah. we don't know where the virus is. Right now, we don't know how bad it's going to get. Some people are saying, what, it could get to a million cases a day in the U.S. I mean, even if it's not that deadly, it's going to scare the hell out of a lot of people. So, And it's scaring the hell out of the people that own these stocks. So I can tell you, the reopening trade, the great reopening that was supposed to happen, kind of happened, but it wasn't as great as we thought it would be. And now it's the great closing trade going on here again for a lot of these names. Um, is there going to be a buying opportunity in some of these names eventually? Probably, but I don't know. I don't want to be too early on that trade. So I'm just going to sit back and like let that one go. You can have Yeah, cut an area of support here. You're down 11 cents at 16.41. Uh, you've had a buyer just above 16. Uh, lows between 16.15 and 16.30. So... Leaning down on it pretty hard. Where do we have um, in the monthlies? Oh, also a monthly, though, at 16.33. So um, after that, your January low, your low for the year, 14.71. So coming in to support here, uh, holding up. Okay, only down nine, nine cents here, but... We'll see what happens. 16. Spoost trying to get a little bounce here. We've been as low as 46.24 and a quarter or about nine handles off that. Folks, I wish I could give you a better number uh, than 4,600, but there isn't one. Uh, that kind of splits the lows from earlier in the week. Uh, we've gotten near there, and I wish I could give you a better number than the close. Today, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that close at 59 and a quarter. But it just it's been doing what it's been doing in this 4,600 handle, and it's just been ripping up and down. So. I want to say something here. It's options expiration. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing rip your face off buy imbalances and all the consumer staples and all the value names and all the defensive names. And I'm seeing big sell imbalances in the growth. This These can be turning points here. I've been talking about the consumer staples being overbought here. Uh, I probably will try if some of these gap up just silly here today. I think it might happen because if these buy bounce against option expiration, everything anything can change. But just for instance, like I'm looking like, you know, like Philip Morris MO, and I'm not sure it's been taken off, but it kind of has. I'm looking at a million shares to buy here with a projected opening of 54 right now. I mean, that's not going to open that high, but that's a huge buy bounce. I don't know if that's going to hold. I'm looking at a lot of max projected openings too, meaning like they don't even have enough liquidity to do 
anything with. Philip Morris, PM, 581000 to buy. Just changed. So they got $149 projected opening on that. Sold! Round. Close at 94 I would sell 149 <laughs> It's not going to open that up. But some of these stocks might open up two, three bucks. It's possible. That would be upside capitulation on some of these names. So it Good looks point. to me like somebody is buying a bunch. And it just changed. It's funny how it changes. Some of these actually just flipped. So you've yeah, got to you know, pay say. attention. Yeah, they some flip. of them just flipped around. They do flip around, and some of them are flipping around. But just saying, if we get into this market where they really start buying all these, you know, they can't help themselves, and they're really ripping, you know, these consumer staples off the open there or at the opening print, I might fade those moves. All right, Typically, everyone, these option great, expiration great, days are fade. Great days. quad witch. I got to hop. Uh, Spencer, I'll check in with you in a little bit. All right. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like uh, mimicking what I did yesterday with the uh, reverse, reverse for these imbalances, right? They're, they're going to go all over the place, yeah. so it's hard to put weight. All you can say is you don't know where they're going to go, but I surround the fair value. So stocks closed here. I'm going to short up here. I'm going to buy here. If they open up here, I'll be short. If they open up down here, I'll be long. I'm fading, and typically that's the move. It's not chasing and saying, oh, yeah, I want to buy, you know, when something's gapping up, you know, 2 3% above fair value. I don't know. And sometimes these are nothing burgers. A lot of these days are still nothing burgers mm-hmm. where they're supposed to open here and they open kind of here. Stocks open here. I'm short. Stocks open here. I'm long. It's how I play it. Zippy just asked me if the market jumped off a cliff, would I do it too? Why are you asking me existential questions, man? I'm not in the mood for that today. It's it's a Friday. He's got to think about that. He doesn't know it's, if he wants to jump off the cliff or not. It depends Friday. on how this day goes. It's an existential question. I I, I can't think about heavy things like that right now. Depends how uh, this day goes. All right. All right. Okay, go ahead and smash that like button for us. We'd appreciate any and all likes. They, they it, it sounds dumb, but they really do help us. Uh, thanks to CC Lagator. Uh, Dennis, have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you on Monday. Uh, Joel will be on with us later in the day, obviously, for the At The Close show. Uh, everyone in the chat, we appreciate you as always. If we missed your ticker, just stay tuned to Live Trading with Benzinga, which is coming up next. This video will end and redirect you to that stream on YouTube.com slash Benzinga. Reminder, Benzinga Pro, free two-week trial. Also, a holiday discount. I believe you can get it 35% off with the code Jolly35, J-O-L-L-Y, jolly 35 to get 35 percent off your benzinger pro that i think is ending uh in the next week or so so check that out there uh pro.benzinger.com we're always available on podcast guys i don't mention that enough but if you miss the show you want to listen to us in your car or whatever uh go on any major podcast platform we are there soundcloud spotify itunes whatever we're on all of them uh all right uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. I'll catch you guys over on our next show, live trading. Uh, Ryan, Junaid, Mitch, myself. We'll see you over there. Everyone, stay green. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance.
We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.